Hello, hello, testing, testing. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Friday Rock Show. My name is Adrian, the other one is Tony, and we're broadcasting live from Audrey's Peace yes. in Norway. Oh, yes! And on Just tonight's more. show, we have music from ACDC, Blackstone Cherry, Amaranth, Mastodon, yes. Cunt and the Gang, Arita Vortex, and of course, Audrey Horn. And the highlight of the show is we will be speaking to Toshi, the lead singer of Audrey Horn, live on the lines here tonight. You can also look forward to the usual letters, farts, fits of laughter and ignorant statements from Tony. What are you saying about me, AJ? It's just another Friday Rock Show in the land of the tanned, square-jawed, tall blonde ones. So stay tuned, headbangers. First up, it's the return of ACDC. Play with your balls. Couldn't get tickets for the concert? Bastards. Drumming Ooh. up the killers, it's, it's the DC. DC! Back to the socket with their fresh 15th globalised new album Rock, Rock or, or Bust. Bust. Scabby, <gasps> Flemmy, 
Hannah Noidle, Decrepitude. You heard Playball, the first single off the number one album in all 11 countries. All 11 of them! But not here in Norway. Not here! The Norwegians, Norwegians don't like the DC. The Norwegians think they've been playing the same song for the last 30 years. Viking horse! This is the Friday Rock Show and you've got lucky tonight if you just switched on the radio. You are on the VIP list. You've been officially invited. Next two hours. This is... Live! Yes, indeed. You're listening to the Friday Rock Show, broadcasting live. <laughs> the Friday. My name is Adrian Byrne. This is producer Tony Wilson. Oh, yes. Show. Yes, the Friday Rock Show here with Adrian and Tony. We're coming to you live from our rock pool. Welcome along to the Friday Rock Show. Tonight, me and Tony are at the Fairly Astronomical Telescope. Friday Rock Show! No, 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 I'm going to go home tonight now and I'm going to be thinking about the next show. Mower! Here we are at British Bay in the lovely hot sunshine in a jacuzzi surrounded by... This is the Friday Rock Show live from the Kramsgoggen Ski Resort in Norway. Gutsnir Bergen. That's where we are up in northern Norway. Listen to the skiers all around us. They're flying around. <laughs> Enjoying it. Like, watch out. There's some behind you! Me and Tony are on the piste, literally, on an actual ski slope here in Norway, broadcasting the show live. So I hope some of that atmosphere is coming true to you at home. It's a fantastic atmosphere where we're standing. I hope you're not as cold though. I hope you're in bed. <laughs> Female, probably between the ages of 14 and 17. I'm gonna go down and listen. That's, that's what I like to think. <laughs> Sickness. <coughs> it's time for our first letter of the night! Letters! Uh, uh, yes, live in Norway in the freezing cold. We get all the good gigs these days. Hold me! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's looking at you in the little box you have hey. here on the ski slope. Are they on my fans? Yes. Hey. They probably don't even know what you're saying. But I'm saying they're bilingual. They're, po- they're pointing and laughing. They obviously fancy me. <laughs> I think it's something to do with being on the radio. You know, it's the aura here of the microphone. The phallic symbol. <laughs> and you, Tony, your presence here behind me. Let's not go down the road. Anyway, this letter is from Peter, a regular scriber to the show. On the Friday Rock Show, live from Norway, up in um, Kvamskogen. <laughs> up on the Kvamskogen ski slope. Audrey's best horsey horn. Uh, how are you, uh, rock and rock rollers? I was first lava planetary outside, and I haven't had a Schmidtwicks in two months. Beetles of sweat spun me eyeballs inward. Peter's stomach just couldn't take anymore. I'd done near 2,000 squats in the hour, hockered back, spoon loads of protein, and my kidney beans were about to fucking drop out. The heat bite me sideways, as I couldn't believe how I got myself into this position. But Peter has gone and changed the world. Well, for 83% of them, that admits it. Sorry for you, lads, but I've become... A porn star. <laughs> Peter's become a porn star! Oh, I feel sick. Can you imagine it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, uh, I'm unsure about this! No one think about it. Anyway, what has he got to say? Let's find out. How did he get here? Interesting stuff. Porno Pat. 
What's his name? Silky whore, all goldiness, and advancing baldery. He walked around the town like J.R. with a cute line for the boys and girls. <laughs> I gave him no time. Scroll down the backwash when he caught me having a slash up against Miley's wall. Stop it! Stop it, I said. Peter knows is not right in public, but he'll injure himself cutting off the mains. But Porno Pat didn't want me to stop. He just stood there in the long grass, observing me pissing me whole namery across the wall. Peter, he said. Fingering Rissle from his book too with, his, with the black nail. <laughs> <laughs> you're, the, you're, the, you're the biggest cock. That's why he just says to himself in the mirror every morning. Uh, <laughs> Peter, he said, fingering the gristle from his buck tooth with the black nail. You've the biggest cock I've ever seen. I'd like to put it up on the internet. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was a body snatcher. He talked to the young ones and would never be seen no hard of in the town again. Now he's come up to deprive me of my Mickey and sell it on the websites. I wasn't fucking born yesterday, you know. I know how a pound of pork cost, and it's not good enough to live on with a butchered stump like the one Martin Mac has. Poor old Pat said I could keep me tackery. That's good. But they'd pay me for the time spent with him at his house over in the Parnell Park. Buying your friendship, payer. I didn't know what he was on about, but a 50 euro note was stuffed in me short pocket. And sure, if the agent wants to buy friends, then that's his problem. I dried off, zipped up, and away we strode. Inside Pat's house was like Cape Canaveral. All blinking lights, tripods and a massive white cylinder where I had to stand. He flicked a switch, lights tore a hole in my head and I was unstabilised. When out came a tiny little woman's from the cupboard and grabbed me arms. Pat said her name was Oksana from Omsk. I said I was sorry for her loss. She said that I sure smelled nice and that I could touch her if I liked. I was in confusions. Porno Pat screamed, action! Suddenly, she's at me chinos like a terrier hunting a squirrel. I wanted to box her in the face, but Pat told me to go with the flow, that there were already 349 online. Ha! Off flew me shiny shoes, and there was buttons everywhere. <gasps> oh, mommy will take the flannel to me with all the ribs. There were cameras from all angles. Oksana was sliding up her skirt. Oh. I was down to me blue boxers. Pat said I had hit a thousand. I shouted, stop her, stop her now, please. But that's when the voices started. Hundreds of them all telling me in mad accents, do bad things to this little lady. The whipper, bait her, spit on top of her, strangle her. I was witless with the fear. Leave me alone, I roared. But they kept coming, more and more. Then Oksana yanked at me cottons and pulled out me towel. Her eyes dilated. All the voices disappeared. Everyone's jaws was open. Pat looked at me and said, There's a million viewing, Peter. You just part the whole fucking internet. <laughs> I didn't know why he was on, but I was naked in a room full of bright lights with a baldy man and a young woman just hungry for loving. I recall the last and only time I laid with a girl, and that was an incident. So something. That was an accident. <laughs> that was an incident. I went to the guards, but I was acquitted of everything. I'm innocent. I'm not a petrifier, I swear to God. Peter Farr is innocent. Peter's innocent. I'm innocent. Innocent. <laughs> I didn't touch her. It was the voices that made me do it. <laughs> Let's just say it was an accident, right? I recall the last time and only time I laid with a girl, and that was an accident. So something that. <laughs> So something said I shouldn't stop now, that I should desecrate her soul. Huh? What mayhemery is all this? That wasn't me. That was an American. This is live. Pat showing. A million connections and all the interacting. They were calling out moves, changing the angles. 
cameras moving like magic in and out, up and down. Hawks had to open their legs. I had to show you if I pumped the blood around my brain and I could resist no more. I had to touch her. <laughs> Sorry, Mammy, but she has to be savaged. There were squeals and roars, bucks and strains, flashes, clicks, a dislocated finger. Pat jumping up and down, out of panic in me bones, as I fucking steamrolled her into a blackout. After forever, I opened my eyes. Oxana was clinging to me, shivering like a starving dog in midwinter. <laughs> <laughs> Shivering like a starving dog in midwinter. With tears in her big green eyes, she said, I want this too. That's why I come here. I started when I was 18. Porno Pat, he is a good man. We will win. Pat was clapping his hands. Keep fucking like that, he said. And we were going to be rich. And he was right. <laughs> Society changed his mind. Now they wanted Peter, and the fucker was ablaze. <laughs> Hang out with the bruisers in the corner house, then trousers down in the webbery. <laughs> three hours on set, three short breaks for a place with those shits. <laughs> the girls flooded in. Oxana tried them up to survive my savagery. <laughs> Some didn't make it. Two million online! Pat screamed and bought more beds and my pair of square-toed alligator boots. Even fixed Mammy's bad hip. But couldn't tell her yet that our son had now changed the world. Anytime, day or night, log on and you'll receive the 24-hour painter package. They call me the pilf. <laughs> I was made three million of one go. New positions were being delivered to the publishers of the world. The hay painter. <laughs> the five-wheel racer, the floppy dangle and the chicken wing riot. <laughs> Ladies were ordering their lads to supply the whole pilfy menu. They couldn't handle the pressure. The young bucks were fucked. <laughs> but I saw the impact of my missionary. Every time the young lads were having sex, they were wondering where their girlfriend's brains had gone. Was she really the person he was sleeping with? What the hell was she thinking of when she was on the job? Was it Joe or was it Peter? <laughs> I wasn't like a couple anymore. It was like a show, and I am in the middle. I am in your head, and a little, little blue bicycle pedaling around, fucking you up. All a three percent he is. But I'm being consumed, lads. The regime is brutality. Two sessions a day, off the beer, and I have to think of me Mickey all the time, stuffing it in the cotton wool between tags, and always at the squats for pouring up hats. And the customer is always right. Six packs, biceps, puffed out chest, raw jaw, and pointy cheekbones. All this work just because I changed the world. I run laps around the Avondale woods now, where once I drop asleep in the long grass to work off to feed a beer off a Sunday. But the things ladies, young and old, all like, the thing that I don't need to change, is the thick thatch of orange hair on my head. That, and you're my massive cock! <laughs> and the best boys, play me some heavy metalry, the pilf. Oh, ah, no, that, that doesn't bear thinking about. That's it, so all the 83% of people who watch porn on the internet. I'm happy to be the 17% that doesn't see the porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, he's brown in the snow outside. This is the Friday Rock Show, live from the Kramsgoggen Ski Resort in Norway. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Santa's coming. 
Especially for the pilf. Audrey Horn. Audrey Horn! Tell you, sometimes Audrey gives me the horn. <laughs> when I see her in a tight white t shirt and a slightly erect nipple. Tom, Kettle, Kettle and our Audrey Horn. Audrey Horn! Out of the City, one of the three tracks we're playing tonight from the Bergen Bass Boys' newest and fiftest album, Pure Heavy. Oh, pureness! And they're Tony's favourite flavour of the month, isn't that right? A little bit of Audrey Horn. 
Now, seeing as we're yes. here up in this Cramscoggin <laughs> ski resort just outside Bergen in Norway. I say, you said it well, Aiden. You're a man of multi talented, multilingual. And you just heard Norwegian lads Audrey Horn, who are based here in Bergen. Why the fuck don't we just talk to the Bergen Horn themselves? The Bergen Horn! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Uh, Take control of the Friday Rocks out tonight. Unfortunately, most of the band are off scuttered on the wine as usual and couldn't join us in the studio. But. but we have with us tonight and he's put on his favourite woolly jumper to speak to us on the phone it's the lead singer from Audrey Horn Toshi how are you doing Tosh? Good evening sir how are you? I'm not too bad Toshi a little bit cold here in Norway it wasn't what I expected to be fair I mean we were actually warmer in the North Pole that time <laughs> That's what it was actually it was much warmer and we had free biscuits No life's pretty good at the moment Toshi and uh, I've actually been listening to uh, your last album there uh, In The Car it's pretty good it's kind of reminds me of the heyday of rock and probably one of the best rock albums I've heard in the last four years so thanks for that and we're here you've got a brandy new album out now Tosh We do sir we do it's called Pure Heavy and it's in my humble opinion pretty decent Tony's jumping up and down in excitement he's been talking my tinnitus all week with it in the office too but tell me Toshi I heard you lads actually yeah. still had day jobs outside the horn. <laughs> so, being in a rock band... They're not on the, the horn all the time. But God, now Manet. Is, is it still all it's cracked up to be? Yeah, I guess it is. It's but you're Audrey Horn. Yeah. You're special. You're special. You're the chosen ones. Tell me you've not gone drop dead cynical. No. I guess most bands start out... They're know, not cynical at all. They're fucking boring. Jesus Christ. Say something controversial. more professional. They start to act, in my opinion, more... I'm must be the breach ones. I fuck the breach ones. You get caught up in all of the, the business part of being in a band. And, and it's not me. Tyler <laughs> Monson. Someone does merchandise and, 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 and all the dealings with the record labels and management and all of that. And then one guy sits and writes all the music and then he comes to the band and presents that this is our next album. You just have to go and learn this shit. Like me in the office of a Monday morning. I'm like, who's this latest rock cliche? But Toshi... Tell us your. So we got to a point where we were like, oh, "Fuck this shit! This is this is not really fun anymore." So we we sort of went back to where we started out, you know, as, as kids when we started our first bands. You know, we were like, "Let's get together and just write and just enjoy this stuff." And and so we did that, and 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 then we we recorded it pretty much live. Sounds like it. Then later you snuck into the studio, triple tracking the shit out of it because the label wants hits. But don't get me wrong, Toshi, it's catchy stuff. Well, people are interested in music. I could see myself dancing to it in the corner house, largered up on the Tuberg. Because there's a lot of people out there who buy all that shit. It's bad language. So basically, when we write music, we just want to write an album that would make us go, fuck, I want to buy that album. Or better still, just download it for free, as most people. Well, fuck it, let's... Yeah, the music business is fucked. So tell us a bit about uh, Bergen, Toshi. Yeah! They like to rock. Is it a good spot for picking up those tall, blonde, blue-eyed, square-jawed ones who drive you into the snow with a two-legged headlock? They have probably one of the biggest penis exhibitions. <laughs> ah! Excuse me? There are so many talented artists who have drawn and painted penises uh, on the wall there. Why are we talking about penises, Toshi? What's gone wrong with this show today? <laughs> uh, what about the beer? Yeah, the beer. The bands and the bitches. I was asking about... But hang on, actually. How many penises are we talking about here? You know, I, I didn't bother counting them because it's an amazing show. If you want a good rock show, you should come to see Audubon. Uh, you can join us backstage for the penis uh, collection. Bergen, rocking out with the cock out. Hey! I never knew that, man. Yeah, well, there you go. I never knew that. It's so cool. Who knew about the Bergens? Um, my mind is blown. Boom. 
Toshi! Hey Toshi, I'm just reading here on my big pewter screen that Audrey Horn opened for the DC a couple of tours ago. What was that like? Is Angus really only 14 inches tall? Did you fondle their big bell? Yeah, we did. That was so fucking fun. It was, um, when we did uh, Sport Face DC, um, I think it was 2010 or 11. I'm not quite sure. But it, it was it was an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, come on. Give us the dirt on the DC. What the DC? What you, what you it's not really Brian Johnson. It's a duck, isn't it? Like a mallard or a buff duck. The big honky ones. There must have been something wrong with the DC. Tell us, Toshi. Tell us. <laughs> big buff duck. It was great. The only, only time they kind of weren't so friendly and, and, and meeting us uh, was when, because they had this um, catwalk. I think it was a stage manager. He came and put a monitor where that catwalk starts. And I looked at him and I said, okay, uh, this catwalk, can I use that? Sure, of course, no problem. If your name is Angus Young, and if I'm not, oh, then you'll be uh, electrocuted if you try. <laughs> on the DC, on the DC. But the ACDC uh, show was a really, really good experience. Ah, yeah, sure. Ah, you can't be a bit of DC. Nope. They're no different to you or me, aren't they, though? Aren't they not, though? Yeah, they just happen to play in a aren't they not, though? huge fucking band, you know. But that'll be you and the lads one day, Toshi. Up on a massive stage, headlining Wacken, Hellfest and Donington. All at the same time. I'm telling you, the horn can be huge. That's the dream anyway, huh? It is, it is, actually. Hey, what's the huge horn? Mr. Toshi, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks, Toshi. We must say we've been wonderfully welcomed here in Norway. A bit on the raw side, but you're a special bunch of lovely people. <laughs> thank you, sir. And thank you for taking the charges for the call. Good luck. It's only fair. That was Toshi there, the lead singer from the Friday Rock Show's favourite new band. Brilliant! What's this? An ad. What's that growing in your garden? They are not weeds. Look at them. Overgrown with those things we planted. Ah! It's so big. It's these giant plants, not me. Have you ever seen such an abundance? So purple. And those beautiful purple ones. What's not to like? Oh! So itchy. <laughs> oh, thorny as fuck. Like my last girlfriend. <laughs> Who planted it? We look flying people out their face. Go fucking buzz over. Boy, take the edge off. What's that splashing in the lake? It's so shiny. What is that? What's that? It's shiny. So new. What the hell is he doing? He's wading into the water with his bandages on. So shameful. Look at you. I want to see you fucking stoned. Who threw it? <laughs> Why? It's a dragon. Kill it. Save me, you imbeciles. What's that friendship cracking up? Uh, I saw you yesterday. <gasps> Honor or dishonor? Is it Floyd? See you in hell! Is it a Corsus? What? Fuck me? You're a liar. So join us. You're born of a jackal. You know that. Get in the wardrobe! Whatever you do, please don't spill the coffee. You stupid man. Get off me! Wubba, you're lucky you have a throat. University College Lockfeg State. Vince, oh God. Oh, jeez. Oh, God, it's the best day of my life. Hogwade. I love her. Fucking love her. Jesus. This is it, Uganda. Go on. What? Oh. No, please, oh, no. no. That was Hogweed there. Oh, that, that, was, that was moody and atmospheric, that was. <laughs>
Do you have a financial stake in a hazy now? That's why you want that to be successful. <laughs> Here we are in Norway, lads. Here we are live from Norway. Our grapes have shriveled up into the blue little balls. <clears throat> why are you looking at my grapes, Tony? Because you got the shirt off, I can't help it. <laughs> Because we're so hot tonight! I love this job, we get to travel all around the world and go to some nice exotic locations. You love going on the piss though, don't you Tony? Anywhere! <laughs> Especially when I can do the piss in the snow like this. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat the yellow snow, Tony. <laughs> don't you go, the huskies go! Don't you eat that yellow snow! <laughs> Is it time for a letter? I think so! Here's another one, fresh out of the It's been DHZ all the way up here to Northern Norway! Northern Norway! And this one's from Taka! The Tucker! Oh, what? Tucker's stuck in the best test of time! Oh yes, yes! I was, Is he still there? I've been trying to find out what happened to him, let's find out. Because it's taken about two years to find out what's going on! Well, I mean... Has he, he been was, living there for two years? It's 2,000 years ago, he could, it takes a long time to send a letter from 2,000 years ago. Is he written on vellum? Venom. <laughs> it's not venom! I don't know, uh, stop asking me questions and let's read the letter! <laughs> oh, lads, it's Tucker! <laughs> Sorry, did I spell on you? It was a raining. Zadera was lying in a field in 100 BC where a muscly ex-slave towering over me. <clears throat> His ripped torso glistening in the light of the flame produced by the explosion of the Time Fiddler's machine. Oh, that's right. You're going up in a tower of smoke. They will sing ballads about this for decades to come. And that's Tuckus Maximus. <gasps> Give me your hand. For you are the hero of the day. Bowie was right all those years ago. We could be a hero just for one day. And then people were right too, but I didn't really search for the hero inside of me. <laughs> I know, God knows those Roman lads wouldn't be above putting it inside anything. <laughs> but it was a complete accident. Did you get rolled? <laughs> <laughs> it's Lopez's face on you. <laughs> Tucker's too busy being lost in time to be buggered up the hole. No, Tony, sorry to disappoint you there, but. You guys, big wormhole! He didn't get rolled. <laughs> he didn't get rolled up the ass. I thought you were a snake crawling away on its belly in the dirt. Stated Maximus of my genuine attempt to escape. But it was all part of your master plan to draw the Roman hordes and destroy them all at once with your miraculous silver chariot. With your miraculous? Well, look, the Romans destroyed my bloody chariot and were wiped out in the explosion. Lucky I jumped clear. Eleonora? <laughs> Sorry, brave warrior Tuckus. She was sacrificed herself by driving the chariot into the enemy. I lied back. He, lied he was lying down now. <laughs> was he saying, oh, he was a snake in he, the dirt? He lied back and relaxed. This is what happened to him. Just in case anyone needs to know what happened in the previous letter. Previously in the Tucker Diaries. Lie back and enjoy it, Tucker. Oh, you're unzipping my fly. <laughs> I'm finally going to use my virginity. Now we all know where we are. Right, back. But her bravery will never be forgotten. She was the bravest whore I have ever known. I am glad I spared your life, Britannia. With another tactical masterstroke like that, tomorrow, perhaps you may live to see another sunset. Come, return to camp with me, so we may celebrate this significant victory. We shall unleash arse! The party lasted long past ah, dawn. Excellent. And by dawn I meant actual sunrise, not dawn that's always getting rowed in all the letters. Dawn has come At one point, I seen a man sodomise another man with a radish. I know there has to be arses in there somewhere. <laughs> There's never a letter goes by without I seen somehow reading about arses. It's the Romans. That's the shit they did. Not even the horses were safe from wandering slave penis. <laughs> they passed around some sort of hallucinogenic drugs and stripped off whatever clothes they had left and started dancing around the place. Damn people. <laughs> It was quite like some parties I've been to in the 90s, actually. Sure, only another 2,000 years before it comes around again. I've gone up an Oxave. 
I've lamed myself in the first layer. Lamed myself. I haven't even started. <coughs> Getting spasmastic. <coughs> Where's my spasmatic bottle? They all started dancing themselves into a sexual frenzy and shagging each other. As I was usual. accidentally. I was accidentally. <laughs> you accidentally splashed. <laughs> I was accidentally Can splashed in the face you? by Spunk several times. Of course he was. Uh, that's what happens. Spam fest. Tuckus Maximus offered me a go on his sister, but I refused, claiming Eleonora had me spent. After a few casks of wine had taken effect, I confessed to Tuckus of my guilt over landing my time machine on top of Ed Hedicus, and insisted that I lead us into battle as his general. Tucker's acting as a general. Some general, alright. General bollocks. It was afternoon when I woke up and my head was banging. Tuckus was standing Bang over me. Tuckus, the fucker, he was standing over me with some clothes and armour. Come today and you will be my general as we push north to Vesuvius and engage the Romans. In the cold light of day, this did not seem as good an idea as the night before. But what could I do? I was doomed either way. So there was a good likelihood I would die today. You know? Put a lot of things into perspective, lads. In fact, I never felt more alive. Like every second in time counted. I feel like that right now. After be on that plane or I'm in fucking trouble. <laughs> my heart was racing in my chest with the yes. fear of imminent death. And suddenly, they were coming into view. An awesome sight. The Roman legion sent to fight our uprising. This was it then. We charged into battle. Arrows were raining down on us. The slaves were falling right, left and centre around me. Maybe it was left, right and centre, I don't know. It didn't make any difference now because I'm going to die. A bolt of lightning split open the sky. All eyes turned skyward. A spinning blue box came from the heavens. It, it was the, the time fiddler in a portaloo. No. Oh yes. It landed in the middle of the battlefield and I ran towards it. The fiddler swung open the door. Quick, get in you fucking idiot. I made a dive for it MacGyver style and fell into it. It was much bigger on the inside. What's this fiddler? It's the portal owl. It's the playing old rave time travelling and laughing over and over machine. Actually, it's all I could find to use as a time machine. The crawler came back but was badly damaged. <laughs> I had to knock something up to come and get you. <laughs> <laughs> At last, I will have revenge on this limp cocked liar! Oh my god, it was Eleonora's coming towards me with a sword! <laughs> Suddenly, she dropped it and slapped a gob on me. Did you just shit? Oh Jesus, lads! <laughs> oh, <that's>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the battlefield! Oh, the hobgoblin! <laughs> Where am I? What's going on? I'm in Norway! I understand now! The time fiddler explained everything! Don't worry! You're going home now! And go back we did. The portaloo materialised in the time fiddler's back garden in our own time. Except, except everything was different. I ran to the nearest person and asked, where were we? He replied, what do you mean, where are we? So we're in the middle of the United Countries of Butter. What's this? Jesus. When the head headaches was removed from that battle, it's caused a butterfly effect. And history's course has changed. We're home, but it's not home as we know it. Fuck's sake! Yours, Tucker, to be continued. Tucker! Tucker's come back to an alternative reality! Time thing has been messed up and... But you know, it's States of Bourgeois, what's going on? Can't wait for another couple of years for the next instalment of that letter. Uh, and especially for Tucker tonight, what are we playing for, Maisie? We're playing, playing... Blackstone Cherry. Blackstone Cherry and... Never Surrender! Never oh! Surrender to those Roman whores.
Kentucky's finest bottle rashers, Blackstone Cherry, oh. taking the mushies on top of Magic Mountain. You heard single Never Surrender off the new album. Yes. They'll be hitting the festivals come summer this year, so hook up your trailer, load up your bullets, and hunt them down across Europe in 2015. Cool! <laughs> Dear Adrian and Tony, who is he? <laughs> yes! Hey, listen, you wouldn't believe it, lads, but three days ago, I woke up and discovered that I was dead. What are you saying, Jagger? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Truth, right? No messing. I wasn't dead. As if I stole me brother's keyboard again, nor dead from the neck up, as the teachers used to say. I was actually living out Dave Mustaine's song. I simply woke up dead. <laughs> but look, I was okay before, right? I had got a job working for Declan at the post office. My job was to open return packages for various public information campaigns. We got back a heap of new water service forms. People refused to sign. I was in the back when the white packets came rolling up. I began to open, look down and, as I got to the third package, my hands were all brown. I rubbed my face and I wondered what it was. That's when Declan jumped back, saying there's shy all over my face. I looked in the cracked mirror. I looked like something out of Beetlejuice. Jesus, Adrian. I was smeared in human manshite. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> At least I assumed it was. Not that it should make any difference. But I think it would be better if I came from a good looking woman. <laughs> I could never know. So I stormed out in a rage, cursing Declan and the wife and their children, and went home to wash. Everything seemed alright again. I washed, then hit the mother's exercise bike. Burn up the strange feeling I had, and deplete some fat. The lads were saying I looked heavy at the wedding last year. <laughs> anyway, after I felt fresh, Rolled a fat one, put on me best mustard corduroys and walked in the road. Yeah, we'd have a point in a chat, yeah. Not be the usual recluse. Maybe score some casual sex off the Scandinavian campers in the town over the holidays. For the Norwegians! <laughs> I'm up for it. <laughs> ah, just a bit of crack, sure. <laughs> it's not right. But I arrived home around 1am, pissed, stoned and alone as usual. I took off my clothes, made some toast and went to bed. And that's when I woke up dead. I noticed because I woke up in the hospital and Dr. Waters told me I wasn't there. What the fuck? Am I going insane? Fact was that I was lucky I woke up dead at all. As I found out that last night between making toast and going to the bed, I did the first, but never achieved the second. <laughs> Wait, lads, I'd taken the toaster into the shower and proceeded to fry myself. <laughs> I asked him if he was fucking with me. Take, take all these cables off me. My body felt I'd done in my brain, Doc Walter said. And he was right, Adrian. It's an unusual feeling, lad. Doc tried to rationalise it, but it wasn't making any sense anymore. No doctor could. Hanging around gawping at me, they were. Not even Tom Baker, Sylvester McCoy or Peter Cabaldi together could understand it. They stood over me in the ward. Three doctor who's, unable to work it out. They were just at the hospital for some charity thing. Even as they sat talking to me, I was living, wheezing. I just didn't have a brain. Not that they are time lords with limitless intelligence, it's just that my brain was dead, or best, gone missing. They were kind, receptive, and used great acting skills, I'd say. Because I kept telling them that I was dead and to fuck off now, yeah? I couldn't hold any information in Adrian. I took no pleasure from meeting Tom Baker. Not that I didn't like him. He's the fucking doctor, even though he's old and bald now. I couldn't taste, couldn't smell. There was no point in eating because I was dead. It was a waste of time speaking. I didn't really have any thoughts either, not even sick ones. Everything was meaningless, Adrian. Oh no! <coughs> Jaggers! <coughs> He's gone inside himself! Doc Waters gave me a PET scan to monitor metabolic activity across my brain. Oh! 
They found out that it was so low across large areas of the frontal and parietal regions, it resembled that of someone in a vegetative state. He's a vegetable! I oh, no! I finally achieved it, Adrian. I was finally completely, first time ever, totally fucking stoned. 100%! <laughs> That's not right, though, is it? The, the Synaptic Network's responsible for understanding what others might be thinking, recollecting the past, and creating a sense of self. We're all gone. Doc said he'd never seen anyone who was on his feet with such an abnormal result. My brain resembled someone during anesthesia or deep sleep. That was it. I was into the void now, Adrian. <sighs> Fucked up, isn't it? My results could have been affected by the antidepressants I was taking, he said. They that they tuned me metabolism down to E. <gasps> I said I thought I wasn't on them, but sure it's been an eventful day already. What's another surprise? Mammy may have sneaked them in the milk. Doc said they'd do more tests, but I could go home if I wanted. Best not tell anyone I was dead, just yet. Fair enough. I could see all the other doctors circling like vultures. Seeing me as their ticket to big time research posts. So fuck them. All I wanted was to visit the local graveyard. I just felt I might as well stay there. It was the closest I could get to death. Dr. Waters walked me out to the entrance, put his hand on my shoulder and diagnosed me with having Cotard syndrome. A condition characterised by the belief that the body or parts of it no longer exist. Oh, shit. <clears throat> he said I should take a deep breath and admit to myself that I was dead. You're dead? His hand touching me was uncomfortable. But the least of me problems, Adrian. As we stepped through the doors into the fresh air, the graveyard ahead of me, Dr. Walter smiled and said, Don't worry, Jagger. At least you've got a syndrome to explain your death. Many people will wake up dead for the rest of their lives without ever knowing it. Somehow, we knew then he was alright. Anyway, please play me some Arita Vortex, Adrian, even though I won't enjoy it now, because I'm dead. Yours dead and alive, the Jagger. The Jagger! <clears throat> Cotard syndrome. Cotard syndrome. I think I might have had that for the last 25 <laughs> years. <laughs> What part of you do you feel doesn't exist? Oh, love it! <laughs> I'm a passenger in my own life. I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. He's not even getting enough of that. Okay then, especially for you, Jagger. It's Amaranth. And the appropriately titled Drop Dead Cynical. Massive addictive! Thank you.
Chant, the twinge-inducing, thrusting voice box of Elise Rude and her growler Andy. Uh, don't forget the growler! That was Drop Dead Cynical from their brand spanking, black-type, bender-over-table album, Massive Addictive. She's one of the beautiful people. The beautiful people. Beautiful people. All relative to the size of your steeple. Mine's massive now. The Adrian Antoni Radio Show hits the air for the very first time. Something's going on in Yellowstone. And maybe it would be its last. It was a Mayan hieroglyphic stone. This means the end date is today. Tony Wilson is sent out to seek the truth. I'm on again. I can't see. I can't see. I was checking for signs of the world ending by looking into the sun, as you said. Well, now I'm blinded. Professor Mick Chiselton. It will result in global slumberations. Confusion rains down. <laughs> it's all over. Trouble is erupting. The following cities are under an evacuation immediately. Fuck is that shit? It's coming straight out of the sky. While Adrian Byrne hears what the world has to say. Welcome to the show, Reverend Jack Ross. What bless you, Adrian? Do you understand me? But the rapture is coming, Adrian. On its final day. It's the end of the world, Adrian. I'm not joking with you. In its final hour. Make your peace, lads. Our time is up. Oh! Minutes to go. Hi, Adrian. This is Imogen Telch. Thankfully, I've been in touch with a benevolent race called the Memongs. It, it seems to be really happening. We know now. We're all doomed. On the Adrian and Tony radio show. That's it, I'm afraid. The phone lines are dead. Uh, is there anybody still out there? Thank you for, for listening tonight. Good night. <laughs> no. I'm like a machine! The Friday Auction Machine! Hello, gentlemen. Life is a smorgasbord. Orpheus tells here. Delighted to scribble to you again. As you know, I am a man of science, and I must report my new findings. I was trundling along from a satisfying day at the dog racing, homebound to my long-suffering and increasingly strange wife. Oh, we know about them! She thinks that aliens are in charge, called the Memongs. That she's a bit of a countdown underway, no tomorrow girl. <laughs> she says she is the president of this four-worded acronym. Well, can you blame me for staying out of the house? But damnation, I was caught bloody short. I daren't avail of a hostelleries toilet gratis, not without imbibing on the premises, and therein the whole struggle repeats itself ad infinitum. No, I tapped my fingers together and beetled along to the nearest public convenience. The lavatory on St. Brian's Road would suffice. Dilapidated and cavernous, with graffitied walls and a lurid stench. Well, this underground pissorium held no fear when one must expedite a day's Darjeeling. I descended. A large slogan daubed the entrance. I am nine inches long and three inches thick. Interested? To which, written in riposte, was, Fascinated, dear, but how big is your dick? <laughs> I let out a giggle and scuttled inside. The cistern dripped. Four private stalls, bathed in flickering neon, arrested my senses. I took the left one. I went inside, plied toilet roll onto the rim, and was about to squat when I heard rhythmic tapping. Hot water pipes, I thought. There it was again. Tap. Tippity-tap. Interesting. It was coming from the next cubicle. Someone was there. They were tapping the divider. 
I held still, mid-bend, and waited. A man's voice. It invited me into his tea room. I answered that I had quite enough tea for one day, thank you. But he persisted and beckoned me further to come into his cottage. Cottage? It's a rather built-up area locally, and I can't say where he'd have a cottage to bring anyone. He said that I misunderstood him. I looked up atop the partition to see a gargoylishly bloated gentleman's head peering down upon my unstraddled state. Unstraddled? <laughs> if we know some straddling layer on me! It's all about the arses today! <laughs> he told me without finesse that he was looking for a sexual encounter that was quick and easy and didn't involve any whining and dining. Gosh! He was haunting the tea room as he named his place. Indeed risking arrest in doing so. I was surprised and asked if I could just sit down a moment on my carefully laid toilet roll. It was a revelation. Arthur said he was an experienced cottager. With great excitement he detailed where members of St. Saviour's Church frequented. The renovated WC on Frampton Grove specialised in members of the Garda Shea But then, more tapping, this time from the next stall along. He cracked a wide smile and continued to discuss the merits of good graffiti cottages. I heard a creak. Arthur was beaming now, mid-story, describing the lavish reputation for a variety of lurid actions performed within St. Brian's Lou, that if someone comes in here for a good honest shit, it's like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> oh, I laughed at that one. So too, Arthur, but his guffaw punctured. Punctured! His body slammed hard against the wall. <gasps> he shrieked like a ten-year-old, his well-manicured fingers gripping to the top. His face collapsed onto his hands, his chin dug in. He was being... He was being taken, Adrian. Take him out! <laughs> he wrenched this way and that, like in that shark film Jaws. <laughs> he began to dribble with ecstatic gurns, wild eyes, his cheeks red and full. <laughs> jolting violently about the panelling. It was a demonic possession. He gurgled that he was being savagely filleted in the crapper by a complete unknown. Oh my, the trills of this secret world. They don't take kindly around these parts to such joyous gayness. I unburdened myself as this took place around me, and judging by the shadows behind the door, Arthur was receiving more viewing than our local soccer ballers' home matches. I flushed, and with distinct hint of melancholy, but no less relief, made my way through the men that filled up St. Brian's lavatory. I declined their well-meaning advances, hiked up my britches, and headed for the stairs. You want to get out of there? The fresh air dragged Fuck me, sake. screaming from the fog of fornicating, flating fellows. I beetled along my way home. What had I just experienced? How had I never known of this before? I am foremost a man of science, Adrian. I must research further. Oh, don't. Uh, Stay away! Of the men who couldn't be found, perched awkwardly, yet invitingly, while the cistern drips and the roar of the flush maddens their anus like young wine. Pleasant greetings all, Orpheus Telch, man of science. Orpheus, Orpheus, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure about you. Hey, look at this, he's moving on to the next. What's he going to say about that one then? Huh? You've scared all the children on the slopes away. See, I can't tell from that letter whether Orpheus wants to partake in the old cottaging or is he just there as a casual observer? Is, is, is it purely scientific research or is he a little bit turned on by the whole thing? It's hard to tell, all right, because he is foremost a man of science. It is a bit ambiguous. That, sure, is the most advanced word that's been said tonight. I'll give you a really long word now. Corn flakes. Vitamins!
Big sounds from the big land. That's the coalition of oversized hippies from Texas. Big Dad Rich and the lads from their third album and latest album, Ride On. I doubt they'll be able to ride much without dead involved, but you heard Texas Hippie Coalition telling you rock ain't dead on the big double bacon cheeseburgers. Oh, the burger, now I'll be hungry up here, actually. You're listening to the Friday Rock Show live broadcasting in front. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we are. I'm going to say that anyway. You're listening to the Friday Rock Show live broadcasting from Norway. <laughs> Back to front, all over the place as usual. Simultaneous and at the same time as other stuff that's going on around the world. We are the Friday Rock Show. My name is Adrian and this is Tony Wilson. You don't have a second name anymore. You're that big. I'm just, just yeah. You're globalized. I'm like Kylie. It's she used to be Kylie Minogue. Now it's just Kylie. Now I'm just Adrian now. Next minute you're going to be called Symbol. Symbol. It's just Symbol. Symbol. Me Symbol could be one of those little Mickeys you used to draw on your copybook when you were a kid and a little spunk coming out of it. <laughs> I'm a new one. Gonna read a letter. Back to reality. Uh, yes. It's the Friday Rock Show. And it's time for another letter. So we're going to take a break from some of the high quality rock music tonight. We're one of the few radio programs still broadcasting top quality metal. But we'll keep keep the flame burning for metal. As long as we're alive and able to do it. That's right. Living, standing, farting. So long as you don't get cancer of the tongue. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Tony. I know. I know. Oh, we'll let it, we'll let it as boo. Get well soon, Bruce. Thank you, love you. We'll take a break and we'll have another letter. The secret of my success. But I know it's real. Secret of my success. It's so real. That's uh, Secret of My Success 2015. Available now from Japs iTunes. Hiya. Ah, Janie, Mr. Friday, man. Has it been five years? Five years? I'm trying my granny now. My babies are having babies. But listen, I tell you now, it all started out in the Avondale Woods at 1am. It always does. I was walking alone through the park, looking at the stars, when I saw a man sitting on a bench in the dark. He looked drugged and out of his mind. And I should know. I had to take care of the losers in my day job. The man called out and gestured me to come over. Without hesitation, I walked towards him, and just when I'd reached the bench, he jumped up, grabbed me by the dungaree straps, and held a knife to me throat, threatening to cut me. No! Did Did my buckles nearly blow off? No, they didn't, because I didn't flinch an inch, Adrian. I stared straight ahead. I said, you want to rape me and kill me? My love just hit that mother load. That's it! He was stunned. He gripped... <laughs> I gripped his Mickey tight. <laughs> I gripped, he gripped his crotch as his little Leroy's shriveled back into his stomach with the fear of me. The little bastard. I'll kill him. He released <laughs> his flog. Going dizzy. Can't see the pages. Going too fast. No fucking oxygen. Going mad. Fire rock show. Had too many hobgoblins last night. <laughs> he was stunned. He released his grip and lowered his knife. I turned around calmly and walked away. Disappeared into the dark. I got back into my Ford Banjo. Engine on. Lights flooded across the big red... <laughs> Lights flooded across the big roid stretch of grassland. I drove out. I didn't know who that fellow was, but I didn't care. I was fearless now. He was a man. And I was under his skin. <laughs> you make something... I'm confused. I drove into the village. 
The street light slipped over my window. I crossed the intersection. I never look both ways. No one is out. <laughs> I turn left into the square, boarded up houses, signs of the chronic unemployment that fed my drop-in centre during the day. Jeez, I'll tell you one thing, lads. I need to cack now in about two seconds. I'm holding as I'm reading this letter. Well, I fear I won't reach the end. Just get me a bag. The show must go on. <laughs> Boarded up houses, signs of the chronic unemployment that fed my drop-in centre during the day. I saw one of them. Dara. <laughs> I can't. I can't do this. No, no oxygen. I saw one of them. Dara. The younger than the eldest daughter. Crossing the road. I expected to see him. He sleeps in the uncle wax cow shed. I pour a maiden cassette. Oh, you're maiden. In the four banjo. And roll down the window. Hiya. How's it going, love? Fancy lift up? I can take you all the way if you want. Dara hesitated. But he was shivering. And I knew he needed comfort. He nodded and climbed in. He complimented me on my fur coat and blue lace tights. I put the banjo into second and asked him if he liked my new look. He nodded again. I felt his eyes on my tights, though he was shy about it. I forced it into third. We climbed towards the Spentry Community Centre. <laughs> I asked him if he was still seeing Fiona. No, it was all over, he said. I stopped short at the Spentry and pulled into the lane. He asked why we stopped short. I said if he wanted didn't have to stop short with me. Oh, oh, no. oh. He stared ahead and nodded. I pushed forth and smothered him into the silence with the mother load. Dormat was different. He was cocky, an orphan. He'd always been hanging around the spentry looking for buckets to empty. He was awful nice too when I had to bury the old bruiser himself. Did I not tell you that? Michael ran away and left me to pay the bills. Fled to France with some slow he did. Then he had a midlife crisis. Tried to swim back to shore, but didn't quite make it. Dead! Janey, Mac, and now a widow. Anyway, Dormat said he'd cheer me up and take me up the big ride out in the park. Ah, sure, he was my Adonis of Avondale. All sinewy pecks and wide grin. Half my age as well. But who isn't these days? I picked him up in the banjo at 9pm. He rubbed his hands, fixed his tuft in the mirror, and grinned like a ferret. He felt my fur brushed against the miniskirt and stared down my open, heaving cleages. <laughs> hey, fuck it. Fuck it all. Heaving cleavage as we rumbled over the cattle grid and into the park as the dark killed the dusk. He smiled at me and licked his lips and told me I was gorgeous. A real looker. It's so nice to hear it, Adrian. It had been so long. He was so cute as he pulled at his crotch. I smiled and slammed down on the accelerator. Dormat's head sheared back. I hit 90. He gripped the door. I put on my lipstick. He tried to speak. I looked at him, turned the lights off and laughed. 100, 120. The banjo was alive. Dormat was now screaming. I rubbed his leg, took out my breasts and tore up the hill overlooking the quarry. He didn't know where to look as we bounced along. Flop and dangle. Me the road, me again. I tell you, there's a fine line on the horizon between fear and excrement. So I spun the wheel hard right above the edge, wrenched the handbrake. The passenger door flung open and Dormat flew off into thin air. Then, nothing. <laughs> as dust fell through the lamplight over the ravine. Then, the cascading cracks of branches below. Dormat had just hit the mother load.
I started the engine and drove back down the hill through the car park and cut across the big ride stretch of grassland up near the stone pillar on this beautiful night as the river valley mist expanded into the darkness below. I put on the Iron Maiden cassette and again took the trail into the woods. I came to a stop, turned off the engine but kept the lights on. I liked how they illuminated the thick row of pine branches. I stepped out, adjusted my tights and pulled the fur in close. I began to walk. It was a clear night, awash with a studded display overhead. I left the woods, looked like looking at the stars, when I saw a man sitting on a bench in the dark. He looked drugged out of his mind. The man called out and gestured me to come over. I wondered what he would try tonight. Either way, I already knew. I was under his skin. Stay safe now, you hear? Love to hear from yous. We should be up sometime. Yours, Lindor. <laughs> no, th- thanks, Linda, but... Uh, and that was the weirdest letter Lindor has ever sent us. I think she's not alive. That letter has come from beyond the grave. And ah, you're like talking a- shite now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of shite. <laughs> Speaking of shite, what music have we got next, Tony? Well, where's me settlers? Okay, especially for you, Lindor. This is Mastodon. And the Motherload. From the 2014 album, Once More Around the Sun. I'm worried about you! (laughs) Mush!
Troy, Bill, Brent and Bram forming the one last great metal band of our age the mighty Mastodon are they the true hairs to Metallica? my butcher thinks so not butcher but butcher (laughs) especially for Lindor you heard Motherload from the new album Once More Round the Sun Once More Round the Sun before it gets eclipsed (laughs) bit not obvious it's the Friday Rock Show Friday Rock Show. Friday Rock Show. Adrian Vine and Tony Wilson for Friday Rock Show. How are you, lads? Gabler here. <laughs> Hi, Gabler! As you're aware, I'm a cameraman now at the nation's biggest broadcaster. Yeah, the country's too expensive now to do the Gabler sci fi spot anymore. He's too expensive. He's got all arrogant, yes. But what you probably don't realise is the years of sacrifice and living hand to mouth that I had to endure. No, it didn't just happen overnight for me. I had to be patient and keep working towards my goal. No matter how many times I felt like giving up or people told me to forget about it and I should try something else, I kept going until I reached my goal. Now you lads were thinking he was having the time of Riley, drinking the taxpayers' money in the corner house and lounging around during the week watching DVD box sets, arsing around in Atlantic City, New Jersey and getting some part-time gig in Ardmore Studios in Bray. But I always had my eyes on the prize, working towards my goal, networking and making connections. In fact, one of the connections I made in Atlantic City paid off a few years ago when one of his cameraman friends said he'd be willing to give me some training. He was working for HBO at the time on The Sopranos. No way! I would shadow him and he would... I don't know if I believe this! (laughs) I would shadow him and he would show me how everything works. In between takes, he would let me work the camera. Anyway, this time was very close to when they had to film the very last scene of the very final episode. And the guy... remember that. Yeah. It's very emotional. And this guy, this camera guy, trying to fix a reindeer decoration to the roof of his house for Christmas, fell off it and he broke his two legs. Rod Hull! <laughs> At some short nose, they could not get anyone to replace him as, as any cameraman, Mortis Salt, was tied up with shoots and other series at this was the busiest time of the year. Oh no. So as last resort, they came to me and asked me to go behind the camera for the final scene. So there was a little old gabbler in the diner filming the final scene of one of the greatest TV shows ever. And we were behind schedule too, so no pressure. I had the camera in Tony's face as he was scoffing down his onion rings with his family. Then I shot the mysterious man heading for the jacks. The tension on the set was palpable, as we all knew this was when Tony was about to get his just desserts and go down in a hail of bullets in front of his family. The next thing the diner door opens, Tony looks up, and I trip over the lace in my white Nikes. The power cable yanks out the wall. And I stumbled forward into the tables and chairs. People are knocked back into the rigging and the lights are pulled down. Oh, Gabla! <laughs> Sparks from the PowerPoint where I had the cable plugged and started a fire. The cast and the crew ran for their lives. Everyone got evacuated. Sure, then it was too late to shoot the rest of the scene. By the time everything could be set back up again. So the producers anyway hoped no one would notice and assumed the ending had been left purposely ambiguous. And that's how the Sopranos ended. So really, there was a whole big extravagant scene about how Tony was going to die in a hail of bullets and the gambler went to the jacks and the gambler, cut short, he fell over his own cable. What I should have said at the start of this letter is that, um, caution, there's spoilers for the end of The Sopranos here. (laughs) In case you've not watched it. He shoved a big boot right into it. (laughs) But sure lads, this is only a minor setback and I gained a lot more good than bad from the experience. The Sopranos was now on my CV and that's what opened the doors for me in the National Broadcaster. But you know, I'm not the sort of lad that likes to sit on me laurels. 
One night I was switching on the Sky News and there on the rolling ticker at the bottom of it was the news Lucasfilm was sold to Disney and there would be three new movies. Of what though? Of Star Wars. Who the fuck doesn't know what Star Wars is? Fanboys like yourself obviously not though but... Uh, There's going to be three new movies. (gasps) Jesus. A little bit of a wee leak for me Witcher. (laughs) (laughs) I was determined to be involved so I packed my little red rucksack and headed to London. I told them in Pinewood Studios that I'd be willing to do anything. And so they offered me a job as a runner. <laughs> it was just a runner, but I was a runner on Star Wars. There was a full-scale replica of the Falcon on set, and one day I was in charge of the hydraulic doors, which would open up on the Falcon. It was a simple job, where I would press the button when the actors exited. But I was on top of the Millennium Falcon, just a sniff away from Harrison Ford. It was the best job ever. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Jeez, Harrison was doing his thing outside the doors. My phone buzzed with a score update. Arsenal had gone 2-1 up against the Liverpool at Anfield. At last, revenge on those fuckers for the 4-1 mod in their last season. I bet me fist down on the console beside me. Yes! Unfortunately, I accidentally hit the button for the hydraulics and the door to Falcon came crashing down on Harrison Ford. On his big head! <laughs> And he wasn't wearing a helmet. I was going solo that time. <laughs> there was a visceral cry of agony and panic shouts from the director. Screams and gasps of shock came from every corner of the set. I got my coat. JJ Abrams was going to fly a lightsaber up his hole. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and he's running out the door, little red runners. Harrison's leg had been broke, and I thought it was only polite I visited him in the hospital and at least attempt to offer an apology. It turned out that he was pretty understanding about it. He was a pretty cool guy, actually. We struck up a bit of a conversation, and he told me he was a keen pilot. That's a coincidence, Ed. Surely the course in aviation mechanics. I'm deadly with a spanner, sir. <laughs> so guess what, lads? Now I'm going back over to visit him in LA to service one of his light aircrafts. I can't wait. You see, lads, just be patient. Never give up. And soon you'll be living the dream, too. Don't stop believing! Regards. This is small town boy. <laughs> yes. From Rushmore. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I know I feel really positive now. Go on, the Gabler. Go, the Gabler. A fucking, a genuine success story. Soprano, Star Wars, hanging out with fucking Han Solo, deadly buzz. Okay, this one's especially for you, Gabler. It's a band called Cunt and the Gang, my bum rape place. R.I.P. Bobby Vendor, double tribute. Did you see that episode of Hollyoaks Where Luke got raped by a bunch of blokes That stuck with me, I have to say But I'd like to stress not in a sexy way If it happened to me though, I'd be scared That it would be worse if I was unprepared So now I carry some condoms to hand out to my attackers And I've got a place to go while they empty their knackers Mush! My bum rape place, my bum rape place You might see a smile upon my face It doesn't mean I'm glad, I might still be sad I've just gone to my bum rape place I've just gone to my bum rape place I'm on holiday, I'm aged eight I'm on the beach, everything is great I've got an ice cream, there's lovely weather And mum and dad are still together My bum rate place, my bum rate place You might see a smile upon my face It doesn't always equate that I'm feeling great I've just gone to my bum rate place My bum rate place, my bum rate place While they insert it up to the base I think of happier times 
to my bum right place I've just gone to my bum right place It made me think though It might be the case There's other times when you can use your bum right place Like if you're feeling all alone Why not go to your bum right place When the wife is having a moan Why not go to your bum right place If you're stuck in a traffic jam Why not or watching the football of Big Sam Why not go to your bum right place If you're in hospital feeling sick Why not go to your bum right place When your boss is being a dick Why not go to your bum right place If you're stuck in a boring class Why not go to your bum right place Or being pinned down with a cock up your ass? Why not go to your bum right place? Your bum right place, your bum right place Have it ready just in case The times in life you experience strife Just go to your bum right place My bum right place, my bum right place Until they finish their irate embrace I just feel delight, I don't put up a fight I've just gone to my bum right place I've just gone to my bum right place I've just gone to my bum right place Basildon's best cloth toucher It's Cunt and the Gang with the autobiographical My Bum Right Place oh, It's all bums tonight <laughs> And you sound so pleased In 2013 Cunt launched a dirty protest against Simon Cowell Who? Fans were asked to take a photograph of their faecal matter and send it to Simon via Twitter. His latest album for free downloading is Jap's Eye Tunes. Because you just couldn't pay for that. Sure anyone could do that. Mental Homes. I am Gerbil. My master is Murphy Arty. I was born 1922 in Cork Mental Reservation and planted into head orderly Tarquin Madden's mind. I helped guide my master's escape. Tarquin? Believing also to be an escaped patient, carries me inside his lead-lined wooden lunchbox. I steer Tarquin via befriending Thomasy Wilson, a lawyer come amateur detective, to do my master's bidding. From assassination to implantation, Wilson knows Tarquin owns his Aubrey Holmes, the name on a business card of Wilson's waistcoat that a then-naked Tarquin stole from the washing line. In our two adventures so far, we've met Jim the Slipper and Dr. Voronoff, taking us from a top bail of law in Cork to Landsberg Prison near Munich. Now, it is June 1924. Thomasy Wilson, invigorated with monkey testicle implants from Munich, takes Aubrey Holmes to Vienna to do one thing, find Sigmund Freud, to discover who Aubrey Holmes really is. He really must be stopped. I wouldn't like to see you so far. Ah! Wake up! Wake up! Ah! You and I, it means nothing to me! This means nothing to me. <gasps> ah, Vienna! Mental Homes 3. Featuring the wonderful talents of Thomasy Wilson. And of course, Tarquin Aubrey Madden Holmes. And Richard Murphy And James Barney. Introducing Hell Dr. Floyd. AM Productions 2014. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, that's worse than mine. That, that was uh, Mental oh, Home, sir. Pissed. One of the latest releases from AM Productions. So pick that up. I look forward to listening to it on the flight home. That should be good. Hey, boys. Don't lads, DJ Jaffa here. Dear Borderlord. Hi, Rock Joxers. It's the Jibbler here. Oh, hi, lads. Rock Joxers. Adrian and Tommy. Hi, Music Bendors. What's going on? How are you? How is lads? Hey, what's up, Adrian? Long time no smoke, man. How's things, Friday Rock Lords? A letter. Here we are, the letter 
Just keep on coming. <laughs> okay, time for another letter. letter. Here you go, 18. Thanks a million. Just in case you were complaining about last time, that was handy letters. So you, just, you just took it out of my hand and handed it back to me. Dear Lords at the Friday Rock Show, I couldn't think. I was mesmerised. It was all set up, Adrian. I was ready. What? We were going to have a first night in together. Oh. All perfect. A bottle of Chivas Regal, homemade Sichuan. Sichuan. I've never had to say it before. Sichuan. Can I have some Sichuan sauce? Boom! Bernie, it's posh! In the little. Getting the Uncle Ben's. Can I have some Sichuan sauce? A bottle of Shivas Regal, homemade Sichuan sauce. <laughs> no, no, it's in my head now! Sichuan! Bottle of bottle of Shivas Regal, homemade Sichuan, and a box set DVD for the couch. I met Mel after feed a beer in Fabio's Chipper two weeks ago, but I knew behind all those spots she liked me. When I finally got up off the pavement, I vowed that Mel would be mine. Okay! <clears throat> Wednesday, I marched into Fabio's and demanded to know her favourite TV show. She scooped up chips and said, It was Futurama. Okay, only one tube missing and she likes cartoons. I told her I was going to Mackie's video on off-licence. If she wants, then Thursday night I'll have a box set of Bender and a Hungry Horse Sausage Stir-Fry at my flat. She grinned and said, Okay, if you make it, I will come. Adrian, I fair buckled with the squirts. I took off across in the pisses of rain to Mackie's Veto. The sign did read Mackie's Veto and off license. <laughs> Mackie blamed his gunged up keyboard when typing in the order. But sure, he was stuck with it now. I leapt the rivers of rain as Mackie stared at me with his usual serapus. No, Futurama, Clement, sorry. Only 25 series of The Simpsons. I didn't think I'd live long enough for that shy. So I quickly lost my semi-horn. I need a Futurama. She wanted Futurama. Mackie said he could order it if necessary. I asked how long it'd take. He said he'd email the supplier. Thursday afternoon he restocks. Thursday afternoon? Perfect! Enough time to set up my night with Mel. I lay down a deposit and ran back to Fabio's. It's on! 7pm tomorrow night. Mel laughed. Slapped a slab of raw cow on the fire. Oh Clem, dinner, video, maybe a drink. And that's all, yeah? I'm not. Of course, I said. Try before you buy. Return if unwanted. She smiled. I floated out the shop and turned the corner. Then bursted as fast as I could up the road. <laughs> Tony's doing the little actions behind me. Don't know why. Why not, you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so happy. Getting into it, like. <laughs> I cleaned, washed, bought a new shirt. I was first nervous come Thursday. Outside it was stiff with rain. Jesus, I hoped electricity worked. <laughs> then the phone rang. It was Maggie. The supplier is delayed. Futurama will arrive in the evening. In the evening? What time? Why is it delayed? Mackie said that the supplier told him the new list he emailed was difficult to source. But he knew people and he'd get it to Mackie's by 6pm. 6pm? Fuck! But alright. I could leg it to Mackie, grab the box set and be back before Mel arrived. Mackie said as soon as Futurama came in, he'd send Albert up to my doorstep. The day tore along, got the sausage in for the Szechuan, a bottle of Shivas Regal, and I was pushing six. That's the biggest snot I've ever picked out of my nose. Beautiful. Then 6.10, <laughs> 6.20, Where the fuck was Albert? What if he didn't come? Would Mel mind? Could we just watch the last season of Hercules? Ah! Maybe I could hack the neighbour's Wi-Fi. I was in a panic. Then the phone rang. Mackie! Where the fuck is Albert? Mackie said, He's on his way. And sorry for the delay. He had to rebox the new deliveries as the pack fell out of the supplier's van in the near lake-sized puddle at the front. Ah, lads. I had the nervous hands. Then the doorbell rang. Albert! No! It was Mel! Fuck! But good though. I opened. She looked great. Cleaner. Less greasy than usual. Wow. I was going to watch cartoons with this woman. Not bad. And he stroked his big beard. I invited her in and took her duffel coat. She asked why I was looking at my watch. 
She had a skirt on and Albert was late. She loved the smell. Not of me, but from the kitchen. There's the couch, I said. Sit yourself down and I'll dish up. Pour yourself a glass of Regal. She sat. I tormented. I didn't know if I could stomach any food. Then the doorbell rang. Mel asked if we were expecting more round. It was a special delivery. It was Futurama calling. I opened the door, narrowly grabbed the plain box from Albert, told him to fuck off and closed it. She smiled. I served up dinner and we laid back. Now, finally, it was time for Futurama. I pressed play. Mel started squealing, wild nostrils telling me the beauty of Bender. Fry, Leela, Professor Farnsworth. She loved them all. Where was the box set to read it? I said that unfortunately there wasn't one. Box fell at Mackey's into the puddles. Egypt, huh? Sorry. I swallowed discreetly and waited for the titles to roll. She nestled up closer to me. Our dinner lap cushions rubbed off each other. The DVD preamble was all Japanese. Strange. Maybe Mackie gets discounts on Japanese imports. Then came the graphics, and they were animated. Good. At least we're on the right track. Quickly though, things went off the rails. Mel recognised that we were not watching the usual Futurama opening sequence. Planet Express ship flying through downtown New New York before crashing into a large screen. Instead, we watched something called Futanari. <laughs> In this Futanari, two fairly nubile 3D animated girls with titanic tits held hands and walked over to a velvet couch. It's not Bender. They started kissing. There was a palpable silence. Oh, I shifted in my seat. Big 3D tongues going at each other with little girly groans. Cocktail skirts hiked up and they lay on a marble floor. I couldn't look away. I daren't catch sight of Mel. The girls tongued. Suddenly, between the legs of the brunette, rose up the most massive digitally rendered cock I'd ever seen, Adrian. The blonde one started to toke off it. Then the half-metre monster was driving in and out of her head. I was confused. Two girls, one had a giant dong, the 3D was swirling from many angles, in, out, super close. I was getting highly aroused, but also half disgusted. The brunette takes the blonde on the couch and sticks the gargantual fuck tool up her ribcage. The blonde's balloons bait backwards from the internal impact. I was mesmerised. Suddenly, paused mid-thrust. Ah! The DVD's broke. No! I stared at Mel. She was holding the remote control. I was stiff all over, oh. looking at her for a sign of what the fuck was going on. <laughs> Mel was calm. Is this a sick joke? She asked. No, I said, trying to stand. It's an honest mistake, I swear. Mel wanted to know how I could manipulate her like this. To invite her under false pretenses. Ply her with whiskey, hoping to get her in the mood. No, I said. Couldn't be further from the... Futanari, she shouted. It's called Futanari. Do you know that? I did not know that. It's a Japanese fantasy porn where female-looking hermaphrodite characters fuck. Futanari, I said. Not Futurama, then. Then for some reason, I thought of Mackie's sticky keyboard. Ah, no. It couldn't. But my thought was interrupted. Who told you about me, she demanded. I was lost now. I didn't know what she meant. Really? So you just want to see, do you? I didn't know what to say. She put down the remote control, necked back a whiskey and hiked up her skirt. And there it was, Adrian. Standing, semi-aroused. A quite hefty penis. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Friday rocks are loud, yeah. getting weird. Fully fused with the rest of Mel's body under the nylons. I slumped back onto the couch, stunned. Met it full on at eye level. I was confused. We're all confused here today. Think the whole audience is walking away. I was getting highly aroused too, but also half disgusted at this change of events. Mel slid down her nylons, whereupon her appendage grew bigger and bigger as she stepped in closer and closer. She was a 3D animated whore! She thrust back her head and started riffing off strokes in me face. Oh no! A memory! Oh yes, even! I was mesmerised. I'm still processing what happened till today. So to help me to come to terms with Mel's massive man tool, please, please play me some Audrey Horn. Yours, Clement. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Clement. Um, again, 
I'm not quite sure about this. <laughs> did he enjoy it? I think he did. Sick bastard. Especially for you, Clement. You sick, perverted fucker. It's Audrey Horn with Volcano Girl. I wonder did her volcano erupt. No. Ah, no, shit. No, no, ah, no, Jesus. No, stop, stop, stop. Just low it says this bargain basement stuff. That's what all the other things That's what Tony Fenton would say. Oh, Hi, fellow men of rock. Oh, Jesus. Agent Antonio. This is the letter f- 
Dear blessed Mr. Bernie of the Friday Rock Show. Hail Praetorian Guards of the Friday Rock Show Empire. Evening, Friday Fuck Lords. Eh? Dear Friday Rock Show Playboys. Hurriers, boys and girls. Oh, hiya. Greetings, Rock Lords. Hello, gents. <coughs> Dear gentlemen of the Friday Night. Hello, Friday Rock Show. How's it going, Adrian? Hey, boys. Dearest Friday Rock Show. Harry back. Rock Jocksters. Hi, music vendors. What have you got for me this time, Tony? Adrian Tony, in your hot, sweaty little hands. Gentlemen. Who's this from? Letter. Copy with the days. My producer used to hand me the letter. Does not now. Nothing. Hey, guy. Joe Hoff from Debungard again. <laughs> How goes it recently? Hey, Joe. Joe's back, Adrian. Deadly. For sure for me it is Nacho Wild. After last year, when I met you in the clubs, I have been very happy. Now in my village, the bungyard, there are many acorns running around. I was getting up one morning, all sleepy-eyed. I pulled open the curtains, and there were four little acorns on my windowsill. Hey guys, their eyes were so big and friendly, you call them squirrels, right? Funny things, like they were all talking reefer, you know, burying their balls in the forest. I laugh for days. I write now as I am sucking on some lovely olive oil. Yum yum. But hey guy, the reason I write you now, oops, pieces of olive oil. I'm falling down my t-shirt. Oopsie. No listen, I love radio, you know. We have a local DJ on Metal Principales 101.7 FM station from Amsterdam. <laughs> Eric van Vesterhazen. He is cool. He's not in your league guy, but still, not your wild. So last week, you know, Eric was live. I was on the train into Amsterdam when Eric opened up a competition. He said, you know, come with your own challenges. If the challenge is accepted by Eric, he would give the opportunity to complete it. Win tickets to see Elise Rood and Aberanth at the NEC. Also good. The train was clackety-clack, so I remembered your party trick in the pillows that night with my mother. You licked whipped cream from my mum's crusty buttonhole. You're very quiet in this subject, I remember. You never talked about this. Never invite me. I know what talk about. All the doors say nothing. Always crazy, you dude. So quickly I phoned Metal Principales. I said I'd lick cranberry sauce from Eric van Vesterhuizen's bum crack for the tickets. And you know what? My gods, they accepted it. I had to go to their office in the Peep District on Ferdinand Bolstrat. I arrived. Eric, who was such a nice guy, made me feel comfortable. Stood up and, like, straight after some Dio, Eric introduced a section. Said he had the challenger in the studio. It was me, Joe Hoff. So cool. <laughs> My challenge was, I would lick cranberry sauce off Eric's rumpus. Eric lifted up his green vest and lowered his jeans. All the time so professional, describing listeners the scene. Then the sound engineer slapped up some sauce from a bowl and I was introduced. Eric said it was cold. I quickly squatted down and tongued his hairy crevice and licked up a big <laughs> and licked up a big juicy glob of cranberries into my mouth. It was awesome. <laughs> I was awesome. Eric squealed but so professional as the sound man took photos of it. So photos So much fun, but all hell broke the loose. It was Global Wild. Metal Principales posted an uncensored image of the fun on their Twitter feed. And you know... <laughs> ah, look, there it is, Tony! Ah, oh, that's just disgusting! Big Joe the Bungard going on his crack! Dirty bitch. And you know, I'm really stuck deep in the cheek here, no doubts. There was a backlash from the listeners. Metal Principales <laughs> released a statement emphasising that me, Joe Half, the liquor, proposed my own challenge and they apologised for accepting it. We hope you understand that this was during a playful contest 
and there was no bad intentions. Ha! I last so long. They didn't include what happened during the next ad break. I did the reach around and tugged at Eric's herringbone, then spat the rest of the cranberry all over his shaved ball sack. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. The acorns, the acorns would love them for the winter. I know I would. <laughs> Only joking. I would not steal a man's balls and bury them in a forest. Anyway, the guys in the studio went at a sandwich with me and there was, you know, a lot of fucking gush. I am very happy with this episode of my life, so I include the picture for you and ask, Hey guy, do you have any competitions on your radio show like this? Okay, stay awesome. Play some Amaranth. Lease Root Rocks. I loved your interview. Joe Hoff, the Bonkard, Mullen Hawk, the Netherlands. Thanks, Joe. Well, <coughs> what do you want to say, Agent? I think we should probably have some challenges like that on the show. We should do a different twist on it. I think I should stand on my hands, put cream on my Pyrenees. <laughs> <laughs> on the Pyrenees! <laughs> on the Pyrenees. The hairy Pyrenees. And get them to lick it off. And they can have a Friday rock show, Jocks, in, in return. Joe mentioned in her um, letter there that she really enjoyed the interview that we had with Elise Rude. That was on our Queens of the New Rage special. And here's a little reminder of how that show went. It went menstrual. The Friday Rock Show loosens the ladies' lips. Hey, Elise, how are you? I am great. How are you? It's Sharon Denadel of Within Temptation. And Sharon. Taylor Momsen. How are you guys? In this moment, lead singer Maria Brinks. Yeah. Turn and I'm very happy to be back. Hello, baby metal. Baby metal. It's the queens of the new rage. Fuck off. below bigger than your left leg. Oh, look. Jesus, Tony. <laughs> and uh, then they invited Andy, the growler. Andy, the growler. <laughs> she have already gone, Emily. Uh, she's been with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. What's the next time? Who are you? I, uh... Has she gone? <laughs> Tony? Sharon! With the most bulbous of lady metal. I, I stopped the priest once. Ah! <laughs> Jesus! Suck your toe and finger your arsehole. Yay, thank you very much. <laughs> we could have been great together. Holding hands, taking pictures. Aria. Only so much to learn about yourself. Jesus Christ, man. We've been so excited to come here. It's been a big dream. She's got to get the ground out. <laughs> it's just unique. I'd love to tap that. Oh, I'm sure it is, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> and the best listeners on the planet. Get it, bastard. Long time off, mate. Eh? Don't want to piss. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's right to piss in my father's water. Little me when I'm reading the hat you. Oh, Give her the one for the lower class. <laughs> Bow down, all ye who enter. Drugs! Hash! Whores! Oh, they were getting into it! The queens of the new raid. Copyright Amber Voice, 2014.
Fluff up the mullet and slap on the headbands. It's Arita Vortex. Hail to Rock. Hail! The title track of their new album. Oh, yes! Arita Hail ah. from Moscow. We always welcome a strong shot of Ruski Rock here on the FRS. Australia! We're all over the place tonight here in Norway with Russians, Texans, Australians and Basildons. My piss is frozen. With the excitement! Oh, Jesus! The Friday Rock Show? What is this nonsense? Those who find Tony ridiculous down to me. Why is everyone sitting down on the piss? Hardcore! Who's this? Skull! Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is the last Friday Rock Show letter of the night! Yes! Oh no! I hope you've enjoyed some of the letters we've had tonight. Uh, maybe some of them were a bit weird. So let's crack on with this letter. This one, good evening, men Friday. Hello! They say all men suffer for the passion. My problem is, it's been seven years since I'd been near Olivia for my first and only. And that was only fingering a 14-year-old in our graveyard. She stared into my eyes and clamped down. She was crushing me! I punched her in the eye, ripped my hand out and ran home crying. Till today I've had three bent fingers on my left hand and a female fear thanks to her titanic flesh traps. From then on I was dry mouthed and gormous, unable to cipher signals. I was an embarrassment to the professionalism of men, avoiding the memory of Olivia and girls like Cara who worked in the supermarket and smiled at me. No! Stay away! Can't do it! Fingers hurt! This wasn't normal, but that would soon change. As it always does! I handed over 2,000 euro to Cartage Webb and his wonder system. Carthage was cool as he entered the hall to teach us 100 virgins how to get the wonder girl of your dreams. Yes! This cost me so much. It must work, right? We high-fived and hushed. I trembled. This was the start of the rest of my life. Until now I was a deviant of nature, like a deformity or a dwarf, shouted Carthage. He was right. He spat out modules. We'd talk about meeting her. Talk about body language, talk about touching, and finally we would tempt her sex into open and murder it. He roared about closing the deal. His veiny neck had my jaw tight and hairs erect. I was in awe of his stories of conquest to gun down girls, and that's what we had to go do. Carthage lashed over the 15th flip chart. Never approach from the front, they're like horses, saddle him from the side. We'd only been sitting 10 minutes, but it was the height of summer, a gorgeous day, and we had to go out and murder it from the off. Yeah! I was pumped up. He was right! People poured out of pubs, pints in hand, filling up the hazy sunshine. We selected targets. I'd avoided them for so long, I was unsure of who'd do. I spotted Cara from the supermarket, a part-time student. Unfortunately, Carthage said I stank of uselessness and was way behind the rest, so he'd choose for me. I was a pussy and a cunt. All the things that I couldn't have. Harsh. But I knew it was good for me to face the brutal facts. But then he pointed to Kara. Oh yes! I was elated, but intestinally tense. <laughs> You're intestinally tense, Aiden! Yes. However, his finger drifted past Kara and arrived at a shrouded stranger. Carthage said that she was my takedown and time to load up the verbal bullets. He pushed me onto the road to begin my mission and suddenly I was the last man on the planet. I sucked up, strode on, tried to remember the instruction. Hello, I said, unable to see her face because I was side on, standing with feet apart. What's your name? No reaction. I asked again, louder, clearing the phlegm, planting my feet further apart in a triumphant position, as Cartage would say. Again, nothing. So I inquired yet again if she was free. Voice louder, legs wider, by now, standing like John Travolta on a Saturday night. Are you free? Then suddenly she looked up at me. This miserable, wretched piss bag of one eye and foul breath with a chin to dig a hole stared at me, grinned and licked her blind eye with her tongue. 
My rictus tightened. <laughs> the thing was of such a bulbous length and thickness. What the Our hell? Is this another cock? It's a tongue this time, a tongue. Oh, okay, that's okay. This thing was of such a bulbous length and thickness. It was so big that the rest of her mouth couldn't find room for it. I shuddered stiff in rejection. This wonderful feat of washing her eye had got her some coins in a cap lying on the ground to which she wanted to buy her next fix. <laughs> Jesus. She opened her green cankerous mouth, belched out words and I froze, unable to act out Carthage Webb's expert woman wooing. She said she wasn't interested in kids or commitment, then had a piss on the step in front of me. I should have turned away, Adrian. Ah, Screamed through the steam, ran home crying as usual. But no, not now. This was my mission. Murder it, Carthage had said. He was right. But then she swept a sandal through the dusty urine and whipped out a soggy condom from her pocket, asking me if I wanted to use it. Tonight or what? I just gagged. She said if I took her home, I should put a towel down on the bed and she can get a little sweaty down there. I'll just let that hang there for a minute. Fuck this! I spun around and walked away. The heat beat red. A hand slammed my shoulder. Cartage Webb. No, James. You do not abort this mission. But I couldn't. This wasn't me talking, he said. It was the self-hatred and loneliness. This is eradicated only by affirmative action. Take back command. It was my right. Spittle showered my cheeks as he flung me around, laying a kick to my back. I flew awkwardly forward, collapsing finally at the woman's bent feet. I raised a day's head to see her haggard face at mine. She grinned and was pleased to say that earlier she did a shit the size of a bottle of wine over the fence at our graveyard. Best one she'd ever had. Wait a second. What? Did I just hear right? Our graveyard? She smiled, lifted up her skirt, and bared her titanic flesh traps to the cusp of my ear. Oh no! Remember these? She said, brushing them onto my cheek. I spasmed, fingers gnarled, balls twinged. Olivia? My 14-year-old schoolmate Olivia, who allowed me my first ever finger-free fuck? Finger-free fuck! <laughs> free finger fuck! <laughs> who allowed me my no, first free, ever free finger fuck? <laughs> she leaned in again, whispering, Let's continue where we stopped seven years ago, James. I tried to react. I looked left. Points held about the square as people looked on. To the right, 99 virgins stood with Carthage Webb, who nodded his head and pointed his finger at Olivia. My Olivia. She got up, cracked her joints, looked at me and held out a hand. Around the square, a breeze entered and all the people stood as one, slowly raising their glasses to the sky. I looked up at her. A hand blotted out the sun. Shall we? She said. Her eyes stared into mine. I exhaled and looked at my bent fingers. It's been a long time. And they say all men suffer for the passion, Adrian. Well, I took my first reborn step and walked with Olivia back into that graveyard. Our graveyard. Please play me some Audrey Horn in honour of the great Carthage Webb. Yours, James T. Kierkegaard, Leap House, Brilliant. Well, I tell you, James, that's You went there, man. You went. Nobody. You murdered it. You murdered, you murdered it. it. Yeah, you Jesus. took. You put your legs apart and said it loudly. I don't know whether to be proud of you or punch you in the face. <laughs>
That's it, That's guys. It. We've come Gotta to go, the end of another Friday rock show. show. Live from Norway, on the piste, with the Audrey Horns. Thanks to Tossie. <laughs> well, say thanks to everyone who's been listening. And they've been flying by in their skis today. And they nearly took the head off poor 80 hours. He went out for a slash. <laughs> nearly pre-circumcised the whole <laughs> But it's all part of the fun, eh? Hey. And hell, we've enjoyed the show tonight. I uh, hope you have too. It's been pretty good. We've had some great letters tonight. Thanks for all the contributors. As usual, thanks to Peter, Jagger, Lindor, Clements, Johoff, and uh, James T. Kirkengard and the Gabbler. Don't forget the Tucker who still... Heaven forbid we forget Tucker, wherever you are in time and space, Tucker. We look forward to hearing from you again. As always, we've played some great bands tonight. We've had some great music from the likes of Mastodon, the Audrey Horns, of course. Blackstone Cherry Cunt and the gang even (laughs) (laughs) We also had the long awaited return of DC Uh, Have you anything to add to it before we go Tony? None more to add other than See you next time lads See you next time We're off now Our flight's after tomorrow So we're going to go on the piste For the next 24 hours I'll put on me onesie You'll actually fit in here with the bobble cap That's it Because they all wear them I could get confused Looking for Tony Listen, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again very, very soon on the Friday Rock Show. Bye! Bye. <laughs> Friday Rock Show is a Tony Wilson production. Just in time to be kicked out of B&B. Behind the music. This week on Behind the Music.